feeling on the streets of the hunter? What's getting under your skin or making you hot under the collar? Let's take the temperature of the region. It's the pub test. It is time for the pub test and, of course, our regular grumpy, the grumpiest man in Newcastle. He's over in Qatar at the moment. He's over there for four to five weeks, so we will catch up with him while he's over there. But in the meantime, I needed another grumpy man and uh, I went through my entire phone book and I thought, now, who is, who is somebody who I know won't be afraid to have a say on something? And, of course, it is my dear old mate, uh, went to school together. We've known each other for a very, very, very long time. We know each other's skeletons. It is the wonderful Ivan Spurds from Spurds Consulting. Good morning. Hello, Tracy. How are you? (laughs) I'm surprised you had to go through a phone book to get me. I thought I was number one grumpy on the list, but there you go. To be honest, you actually were, but, you know, I was, you know, I was trying to be nice and kind. Yeah, yeah. I'm just grumpy about that. I'm grumpy about not being the grumpiest. Okay, well, mate, you've got a long way to go to be grumpier than poor Scott. I know, I know that. Mm. He's he's, uh, he's set a good mark. Man, he's got years of experience on you. Um, Yeah, (laughs) you've got a little little way to go yet. Now, how are you going? Last time you and I caught up, uh, you'd just finished uh, with the Newcastle Jets and you were starting your own own company. How's it going? Going well, uh, going well. Uh, It's been a busy, busy sort of year. I think it's almost been a year. I can't remember when I last spoke, but... Time has flown, and um, you know it's you know time has flown when Christmas is around the corner, and uh, I'm already getting asked when are we putting up the decorations. So, oh, oh no. God, so no. then, but that, everything's going well. It's been it's been a massive year, I think, for most people, and uh, you know we um, we look. For, I actually want to look forward to 2023. I think it's going to even be better. Uh, 22 is still a bit a bit bit of a rubbish year, but we'll get yeah. through it. Uh, to be honest, go backwards. You know, 2020, we couldn't wait to get to 21. 21, we couldn't wait to get to 22. Um, I really hope 23, mate. It, it can't be as, it can't be any worse, can it? I agree. I agree with you. I think <laughs> onwards and upwards to 23, bring it on. Absolutely. Now, speaking of Christmas decorations, um, you you know very well our, our beautiful presenter for the Juice and After Dark, Louise Wilkinson. Now, she put her Christmas tree up last weekend. She's Sorry. got four to put up. Yep, yep. So... What's your thoughts on the Christmas tree? Does the Christmas tree go up now, or does it go up on the first of December? Yeah, yeah. December is the um, the official. You can you're now sane enough to do it. Mm. If anything before that, you're insane and you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, it's the same as people who are starting to punt out Mariah Carey. Oh uh, no! Like, like, please don't start doing that. But yes, I promise um, you, I think you won't I think she already got the record this year for like the quickest to number one or, or, or to chart mm-hmm. or something. It's it's ridiculous. But you know, Christmas trees are December and onwards. Um, and uh, but otherwise, you know, any, anything else, you need to be sort of institutionalised because you might have a little bit of a screw loose upstairs. But well, Christmas we we know when it comes to Christmas, Louise has a few screws loose. We understand, I know, mm-hmm. and it's the same as. To be fair, I took my daughter, one of my daughters, my middle daughter, is doing her L's at the moment. So there's 120 hours of my life just sitting mm-hmm. there with white knuckle riding. Um, but we drove around the the suburbs of Newcastle and Lake Macquarie uh, only last uh, Sunday night. I think it might have been took her for a drive. Mm-hmm. The amount of lights that were already oh, up, Trace, no. it's unbelievable. I'm like going, holy dooly! It's middle of November and there are lights everywhere. So. People are getting into it. Maybe they just want a bit of Christmas cheer. Who should? Who yeah. am I to say? Well, ex- yeah, exactly. And uh, disclaimer: we still do love you, Louise. You just you've just got a few screws loose, but uh, we know we know that when it That's comes. Why to That's yeah, why exactly. we love it. That's why we love it. Exactly no, right. That's good. Now uh, I mentioned that Paul Scott is uh, is over at the World Cup. It's uh, it gets underway um, Monday our time. Um, 
there's been some interesting things coming out about uh, about Qatar. You know, we've had journalists that have been told to stop broadcasting. You know, we've got uh, pubs in uh, in England who are refusing to show the World Cup because of the Qatar human rights issues. Mate, this is for you and I. The World Cup is Christmas. You know, it's uh, it's the best of the best. It's uh, you know, we we see the best activations in the world happen around uh, around the World Cup. It is our Christmas. Do you think it's going to be a flop? I not. Sh- I'm I'm trying to stay positive, Trace. You know me. I'm mm. despite the outward demeanor. I'm trying to be pretty <laughs> positive, right? But. It's, it's, I don't know what this is going to do because, in all honesty, as you said, the last 24 hours just alone, you've had, to your point, there was a Danish uh, reporter who, who was basically accosted by two locals and then the security guard and you know, wanted to break their cameras and he's already had an apology by someone uh, from the, the, the Supreme Committee, the, the uh, official committee. Um, you've got people rolling in there uh, who are now calling it the Fire Festival of Football, which Ooh. is, uh, to those that don't remember, it was basically a, a dud music festival with no accommodation set up and blah, blah, blah. There are, there's videos online now of people arriving yesterday to, like, tents and just beds with, you know, no doors, just like, you know, those white marquees you put in your yeah. backyard? That sort of stuff, right? So it Ooh. is already starting to come out that it, it's looking a little bit shady in some parts. Not to mention... Um, FIFA put out a rule saying that you can't erect any signs about uh, political banners or anything like that in the grounds, otherwise, you know, the security personnel are going to take it off you. Well, how do you reckon that's going to go when the first few people start rolling in with a few signs here and there and, you know, teams are being told they can't wear um, certain uniforms because they're breaching protocols? And so the USA, I don't know if you know, but the USA actually just changed their logo mm. from a, a red and blue to a, red, uh, to a blue with... Um, with rainbows uh, underneath it, right? So that's just their official uh, logo for this, mm. this tournament. So they're finding their ways around it, but I, I do fear for this. Because let me ask you, like, the World Cup starts in like four or five days. Mm. Do you care, do you feel it? Do you feel like you're watching the World Cup? No, I, I don't yet. I, all I'm seeing is exactly what you're saying, you know, those, uh, those accommodation issues. You know, the fact that uh, two weeks ago, England's uh, accommodation wasn't even finished. You know, we, we've just got the, the figures, you know, the, the wages that haven't been paid, the people, number of people who have died constructing this yep. thing. And, uh, you know, we're talking billions of dollars to, to get this up and running. We're talking stadiums that have been built. Imagine what that could do for world famine. You know, we've got a major famine happening in Africa and we're spending yep. this kind of money. Um, I, look, it doesn't sit comfortably with me at the moment, I must admit. Yeah, look, and then even set blood of the former president of FIFA. Most corrupt man on earth. Two two or three days ago and literally said the election of Qatar for the World Cup was a mistake. And I'm assuming responsibility for that. Now, he can say that because he's lying on a bed of money, right? That's okay. But, mate, it was, it's too late. This is like being invited to... You know when you have those work parties and you go to different people's houses? Mm. And there's that one person in the office that you don't really like, right? But they've convinced the boss to, to have the party at their house. So everyone's begrudgingly going along to, to celebrate. But they don't want to be there, right? No. They just want to get the thing over and done with. And that's sort of what it feels like. And, um, you know, I do feel a little bit for the players as well. Like, they're being asked a, a lot to, to protest and do all sorts of things. And... The French captain, uh, Hugo Loris, came out only a couple of days ago and said, look, there's too much pressure on us because the pressure should have been applied 10 years ago. Yeah. It's not for us to be doing it. That's up to the other, to the politicians to do that. We're the athletes. So there's a lot of people putting a lot of pressure on a lot of parties to make a statement when, let's face it, Qatar already said, 
they're not changing their religion for 28 yeah. days. Then it's going to turn this off and then start again. So if you're in the LGBT community or if you, you want to have a drink or whatever, like bad luck. You're just going to have to go there and when you're at someone's house, you abide by their rules. It is uh, incredible. I was uh, hearing the story about Budweiser. Now, Budweiser spent an enormous amount. It's something like $126 million US um, for the rights to be uh, the beverage provider at the Qatar Games. Now, most activations, you know, we're all used to these activations that happen outside stadiums. They've made Budweiser move at least uh, at least a kilometre away from the entrance to the stadium. Now, these guys yeah. have paid a lot of money for this. I think this is only the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen over there. Oh, it's, and this is the thing. I think because there is so much hypersensitivity around it, anything that happens over there, whether it's to a fan or, or a spectator or a team member or whatever, it's going to be blown out of proportion as well. So everyone's sort of waiting for something. And maybe, hey, the media, you never know, they might fabricate a few little stories. Who knows? Oh, we don't but, do that, uh, do we? No, 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 they don't say there is report what happens, right? But what I'm saying is that they're all waiting for something big to happen, right? Oh. And and inevitably, there, w- there may well be, because you can't control the general community. You can't control the public. And it's uh, devout religious people, and they have every right to, to follow and believe what they want. But if someone goes into their house, that is their country, and wants to do something that they don't agree with, there's going to be a friction point somewhere, and that's what's going to happen. So, look, I don't know. Um, Put it this way. You know, would you believe that yesterday was 17 years ago, 2005, when Aloisi converted against uh, Uruguay to to get into the World Cup? I can remember that day perfectly. We all do. Like, it's Mm. one of those moments in Australian history. And the excitement around that going to a World Cup, and here we are, literally at a World Cup about to start, and I feel nothing like that. Mm. So, I don't know, Trace, maybe it will change when we get on the field. I hope it does. I'm feeling a bit confident that we might be able to sneak a result here and there, but... Hmm. Oh, God help us. It could be anything. It's, it's strap yourselves in and uh, let's see how we go over the next couple of weeks. I think that's pl- pretty bloody true, mate. I think that's pretty bloody true. Now, it is a, uh, we're in a, in a break for the, uh, for the A-League season, the men's season, but the women, um, they kick off uh, at, uh, well, it's actually the, the Jets who are part of the, uh, the start of it. It all kicks off on, uh, on Saturday. Is this the right decision to have started the women's competition during the break or will they get swamped by the World Cup? That that is a really really interesting um, uh, point because it could it could literally go two ways here. Right? You could go, we don't hear a thing about it, uh, and here at Newcastle we will because clearly we've got a good following, great local media. Mm. We'll see we'll see what happens anyway, right? Which is fantastic. But the general population, even if they've got an inkling of it, that might or may may or may not be on, it could either be swamped or it could literally be people go, I like football. Uh, but I don't want to watch the World Cup for whatever reason. Mm. Um, hey, what else is on? Oh, that the W League's on. Great. I'm just going to invest a bit of time into that and see what it looks like, and then they might become fans. Mm. So it's a high-risk move. On the surface, oh, it's pretty risky. Oh, I don't know if I would have done it, but it's scheduling. It's all those things as well. Hey, and don't forget, you've got a Women's World Cup next year. Yeah. So as long as they leverage it well, as long as they get it out there well and they can try to promote it, fantastic. I, I wish them all the best. Um, it's one of the struggles of all female sport now, Trace. Like, we all love it. We want to promote it. We want to support it. Well, here's a chance to do that um, because it's the only show in town at the moment for football. So um, yeah. go for it. Look, but, fingers crossed. I spoke with Denny Townsend, um, who's the CEO of, uh, yeah. of the A-Leagues a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, he was really excited about the women's competition. But, uh, yeah, I'm a bit like you. I, I, I'm trying to be positive. But, uh, yeah, we'll just wait and see. Now, uh 
did you go along and see Van Gogh alive? I did. I did. I took uh, my wife, my mm. beautiful wife, Catherine, and I went and had a look, and um, uh, one of our kids went and had a look. I, I, I thought it was pretty good. Mm. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good, but yeah. not not if you grass. No, <laughs> not if you grass, <laughs> <laughs> and not if you're planning on spending your Christmas on Foreshore Park. No, no. Who would have thunk it? You know, like they spend all the money on the roads to make sure that supercars go well, and then they forgot there's a bit of grass in the middle that doesn't look so flash anymore. No, uh, which will get trampled again in a few months' time, I presume. But yeah. Anyway. So it's uh, it's basically closed now because of the damage. It's closed for between five and six weeks, and uh, you know there are calls from some in the community. Of course, it is the East End residents um, saying, you know, wrong place for this. Fantastic to have it in Newcastle, but wrong place. Uh, look, as event managers, I disagree with that completely. I think that uh, Van Gogh Alive was such a such a coup for the city. Eighty thousand people went through there, Ivan. How can we complain about it? Look, this is one of the this is one of the this is the egg being cracked to make an omelette thing. Right? For any major city, you are going to have disruption at points. As we do more and more of this stuff as a city and get more content and more events, which we should and. You know, I used to be the chair of Newcastle mm. Tourism, so I know a little bit about this. But yeah. the more you get in, the better we become at, at getting these things in and out with minimal damage. Mm. If you only do them sporadically, then it's course, you, you know, hang on a minute, we didn't say that, or mm. what about that? Or, it, it just becomes a, tr- a skill that, as a city, we get better at. That includes all of the vendors and the restaurants and whoever else that go, okay, we didn't quite cater for that very well, or we didn't plan for it, but, but next time we know what we should do, we should do this. Yeah. But you need to have regular content coming through. The fact that 80,000 people went through the, through that um, that event shows that we are hungry for content. Mm. We love content. We want to see more of it. So I'm, I'm all for it with like you, Trace. Um, we just have to get better as a city, uh, that when we do host these things, we know more about it, we know how to fix it up, we know how to prepare for it, and the, the, uh, at the end of the event, we go away and go, that was good, let's not talk about the East End Group and whatever the issue is at the moment, let's talk about 80,000 people enjoying yeah. and understanding a little bit more about Bingo. Exactly. It's, it's not that hard, is it? Now, uh, my final pub test for you today, um, you're, you're a, a semi-regular hotel visitor shall we say you partake of a of a beer and a wine occasionally that 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 is ridiculous you would never have seen me in a pub with a beer in my hand ever never i'm sorry i'm casting unfair aspersions so okay well then what if if you you're hearing from from your mates who perhaps do this yes yes that's more like that's more like it okay what's the cost of a schooner like these days is it is it breaking the bank for a night out you know what um again my lovely wife i'm going to bring her into this uh, it's hard to explain to my wife that I can go out with a couple of mates and literally drop a hundred dollars and come home reasonably sober. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it might be, you know, a beer might be ten dollars, eleven dollars, twelve dollars. Right? That's mm-hmm. what a beer might be, and it's, that's standard beers sort of now, right? Unless she goes somewhere where you're drinking low alcohol or whatever it might be. But if you've got three people that are in a shout, there's thirty bucks. There's thirty three bucks. Yeah. It doesn't take long to rip through a uh, hundred bucks, right? Yeah. Like it just doesn't. And I know someone's going to say, well, that's 10 beers, mate. No, no, that's not even talking about having a, a spirit or something else. Or, or something to eat. Like, something to eat. You know, and and, you, and you, I, I, I always sit there and go, I feel for publicans, they have one of the hardest jobs in the world. I think costs are going through the roof like all small businesses are. At the same time, man, it's hard to go, hey, you want to go to my house and just get a case of beer and some mm-hmm. really nice food and, you know, it's going to cost us eighty, ninety, hundred dollars $100 and we'll have a great night and you still have the leftovers, or do you want to go to the pub for two hours and come back empty-handed? 
that's about it. And, and it's really hard to yeah. take option two. I, I think, uh, yeah, I can understand why Kath says uh, stay at home. I, I know, I know. Mm. She looks after me very well. She but, does. But, yes. But, yeah, look, the pub scene, I... I Look, my, again, I've got 18 year old. My eldest is now 18. She goes out. Like, she's starting to go out. She's just entering that, which is crazy because I'm feeling much older than I should. Wow. But they, guess what, Chase? They don't even drink beer half the time. They drink cocktails. They're throwing $23, $24 a shot at a cocktail that literally has a nip of alcohol in it. So she comes back and says, Oh, did you have a good night? She goes, Yeah, I had two drinks to go. How much that cost you? Like 50 bucks. You go, What? That's the norm, right? My, my daughter's not a big drinker, which, thank God for that, yeah. takes after her mum. But that's a normal person's not out aged 18 to 20 now. That's and horrendous. One of the publicans who I know very well says they love it because their margins are huge. Yeah, because they're drinking cocktails. Of course. Wow, we need to educate her, Ivan. That's, uh, that's not good. We need to go through and educate her better on, on preloading. <laughs> I think it's called responsible service of parenting. <laughs> Oh, come on, come on. We used to preload. We'd, we'd start at the Grand and then we'd make our way down to Tats and then eventually oh during the God. night we'd make it, we'd eventually get down to the castle. Trace, that yeah, was $2 drinks midweek. I like, know. It was, $2. It was great. Remember Tats? You could go there and, oh. uh, and have a great night and uh, you'd come home with, uh, with change out of a 20. I, I, I still love used to going to the Jolly Roger on a Wednesday night and you have to eat the slot they give you before you had to, <laughs> to go upstairs. Anyway. We really, are old. we really are old, aren't we? Mate, thank no you. Bloody grumpy. Yeah, no, no wonder you're grumpy. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to catch up uh, next week and find out uh, what's getting under your craw. And, uh, yeah, I think we need to find out about this cocktail drinking. There's something wrong there. Of course. All right, Trace. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. Stay safe. Stay I'll catch you soon. Bye. Bye. That is uh, Ivan Spurds. He'll be joining us for the next few weeks for the pub test while uh, our beautiful regular correspondent is over in Qatar. Hopefully he's not misbehaving and hopefully I don't see him anywhere in any of the news coverage. That's all we need, isn't it, for our grumpiest man to be uh, in front of the news. Yeah, no thanks. Yoey Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live.